Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea butter and popcorn with Taj and Chels, season two, episode eleven. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, and all-around movie lover. Taji, let them know who you are and what we're talking about today. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Tajiana, a.k.a. Taj, also actress, activist, filmmaker, lover of all things Black, Black narratives, Black everything, Black stories. And listen, today, y'all, I'm so excited because we're talking about female directors. Yes, we are. This week, we are celebrating Women's History Month. Yes. Who run the world, girls? Who run the world, Who run this mother? Who run this this mother? (laughs) The power of women kind just just women in general is seriously it's one to be reckoned with i'm so excited about this week women are brave strong completely capable of conquering all facets of life including not limited to cinema okay so the films that we will discuss this week are versatile but they all have a soft touch in its execution it is going to be wonderful exciting let's dig in i'm so excited happy history month y'all happy women's history month if you know a lady in your life, hug her. Tell, you, tell them that you love them and let them, <laughs> let them know. You know, this reminds me of <laughs> if you, oh my gosh, <laughs> hug your neighbor and tell them you love them. Yes, <laughs> yes. We're in church. <laughs> you have a lady in your life. Let <laughs> them know you love them. Let her know, okay? You have a lady <laughs> fil- filmmaker in your life. Yes. Let her know. This is, I do it for themselves. <laughs> All right. Excited. First film, talking about Riding in Cars with Boys, 2001, directed by Penny Marshall. So Penny Marshall, yes, that is Gary Marshall's sister. They are family directors. Um, Riding in Cars with Boys is a fresh, funny, touching, and very true story of writer Beverly Donofrio, played by Drew Barrymore, who um, in the film, it's about her life from like 15 to about 35. It's a coming-of-age story. In the late 1960s, and her whole life kind of unraveled and then transforms into what it is, uh, colored, essentially, by an event that happened when she was 15. She ends up getting pregnant. So the events span more than two decades, as the young heroine experiences often humorous, sometimes irreverent, but certainly very unique personal journey to make something meaningful of her life because she is 15 and pregnant and having a baby. Um, so many funny heart warming moments um, and some not so funny moments or situations that happen, but the way that they go about it in the filming is humorous. When um, her best friend, she has to tell her best friend that she's pregnant after she finds out she's pregnant by uh, her boyfriend, Ray, played by Steve Zan. And her best friend is actually played by Brittany Murphy, the late Brittany Murphy. And she's telling her and they're acting it out because she's practicing with her girlfriend. She's like, okay, now I have to tell my parents that I'm pregnant. And her friend, Brittany Murphy's character goes, my daughter's a tramp. My daughter's a tramp. 
why don't you just kill me? Take a gun right now. Take it wow. to my head and pull the trigger. It's so crazy and dramatic. It's so crazy. Uh, Brittany Murphy's character's name is Faye. And so at the wedding, essentially, uh, Faye announces that she is also pregnant by her boyfriend, Bobby. And so the family's like, oh, my God, it's an epidemic because they're all they're teenagers. Anyway, um, this story kind of shows how she's able to get back on her own feet and make something of herself. She really wants to go to school. Um, that essentially does not work out, but, but she ends up becoming a writer. And it's about how she raised her son, who, um, not to tell too much of the story, but the son grows up and falls in love with Faye's daughter. So it's so sweet. Um, very good character arcs. Um, uh, just retelling of how you can have a crappy situation, but turn into something beautiful. So I believe it's available to stream or rent on Amazon Prime. That's Riding Cars with Boys 2001, directed by Penny Marshall. Second movie, this is so lighthearted and fun. Oh, my goodness. I'm talking about The Intern 2015, directed by Nancy Myers. So you got Anne Hathaway. You got Robert De Niro. Seriously, what else do you need? I love, shout out to Princess Mia. We love Princess Mia. <laughs> love it. Literally, this is such a good roster. Like, love it. Right? It's so good. Oh, my gosh. So um, starting a new job can be difficult. It could be a very rough challenge, especially if you're already retired. So looking to get back into the game, 70-year-old widower Ben Whitaker, played by Robert De Niro, seizes the opportunity to become a senior intern at an online fashion site. And the online site is uh, founded and run by Anne Hathaway, who's the CEO. So Ben soon becomes popular with his younger co-workers, including Jules Austin, played by Anne Hathaway, the boss and founder of the company. So Whitaker's charm, wisdom, and sense of humor helps him develop a special bond and growing friendship with Jules. Um, Jules goes through a lot. Her husband, uh, unfortunately, they end up, you know, working things out. But unfortunately, he is unfaithful um, because he felt like less of a man because he ended up being the stay-at-home dad, so to speak, because her CEO thing uh, took off. And he did graphics and things like that. And he was the main breadwinner, but he really supported uh, her business and then that took off and then he had to kind of take the back seat, which really did not help his ego. And there's like a really great scene when they're in the hotel room um, and Ben, Robert De Niro's character actually found out about it first and had told her and she's like, Oh yeah, I know. I'm just not ready to address that yet. And he's like, what? And she's like, I know it's the whole power of the women and everything else and women's right and women's live. But at the same time, she's telling him, you know, that this is her, this is her man. This is her life, you know, that has suddenly come crashing down. And she, um, her husband was actually unfaithful with another lady at their daughter's school. And she feels that, you know, it's partly her fault because she's such a hard worker and, become a breadwinner in a sense you know and she feels so guilty about it um even though she knows that he's in the wrong so really touching uh, movie um light-hearted comedic um great humor has some tender moments and there's definitely a theme of redemption and, and finding your way through all the ruckus um nancy myers is good for having those type of movies that are uh light but then heavy in certain areas uh nancy myers has done great films like something's got to give or it's complicated and they have that uh, kind of like taking a clean slate look, you know, at, at life and things. And it's so funny that she has that theme in her movies, because <laughs> if you can say that something has a certain type of cinematography or landscape look, Nancy Myers films always have a like a whoosh, like a white <laughs> background. It always has a lot of like 
uh, linen fill, uh, very uh, a background of um, there's always like something's got to give, for example, it's complicated. Like they always have like white couches and, and, you know, like the linen fabrics and like the office in this movie, the intern, it's like a white exposed brick. And I just thought it was funny how like certain directors could stick to a color palette that you can kind of see and have within a film. But yeah, the intern it's available to stream on demand on and rent as well on Amazon prime. So my last film I'm going to talk about, my goodness, this has to be seriously one of my favorites. And this comes on TV. I feel like almost every February for black history month. I know it's March, but still, um, (laughs) I absolutely love this movie so much. I'm talking about 1997's Eve's Bayou directed by Cossie Lemons. Cossie Lemons. Okay. Um, so amazing. Cossie Lemons, uh, directed Harriet, as well she used to be an actress fun fact she was in uh the movie that we talked about when we talked about mystery and suspense films she was in the science of the lambs with jodie foster um she's an actor who just really fell in love with directing more so and good thing she listened to her gut seriously she took off so amazing um he's by you is so mother no seriously oh my gosh The opening lines pull you in and ease by you as you see the beautiful house rush up to meet the bayou in the swamp district of New Orleans, Louisiana, of course, with billowing grandmother willows providing shade from the summer sun. And the opening lines of the film goes, memory is the selection of images, some elusive, others printed indelibly on the brain. The summer I killed my father, I was 10 years old. And it's just like, Wait, what? What am I watching? I remember the very first, I, oh my gosh. There's some movies, man, where you just will always remember where you were when you saw it. I definitely remember how that impacted me the first time I saw this film. So the summer atmosphere in the Deep South is so ingeniously captured in this film over the course of a very long, hot Louisiana summer. You have a 10-year-old Eve Baptiste, played by Journey Smollett. Well, Journey Smollett Bell, now that she's married, um, who discovers that her family's affluent existence is merely a facade. Um, the philandering of her suave doctor father, Lewis, played by Samuel Jackson, creates a rift, throwing Eve's mother, Roz, played by Lynn Whitfield, and teenage sister, Cicely, played by Megan Good. Okay, okay, black excellence in this film. Okay. Period. Period. <laughs> Into emotional turmoil. It's so good. Eve, though, manages to find some space with her quirky, psychic aunt, Moselle, played by Debbie Morgan. Eve and her little brother, Poe, played by Journey's real-life little brother, Jake Smollett, are hemmed up in the house because their clairvoyant aunt even senses that a young child will die. It's so grappling. This story, it goes, oh my gosh, and the music that kind of fits the mood and plays underneath these scenes with, you you, you see through a 10-year-old's eyes, you know, when things seem bigger than they are, when you're a kid, you get that vibe there, which she's frightened of her, her clairvoyant aunt and things like that. Like you become frightened, even if you're a grown person, you see your, you see through the eyes of this 10 year old so beautifully. It's just so like meticulous in the way that Costi like captured the story on film. Amazing, amazing film. Everybody should see this. If you have not, I believe it's available to rent and stream on Amazon prime. Used by you is so, so incredible. Oh, so good. Those are my movies for this week, all directed by powerful women. And uh, happy Women's History Month. Taj, you let them know what yours are. Yes. So, y'all, I'm so excited 
I'm probably too excited um, about these three. I have mentioned all three of these directors in the past, and we're going to sort of dive deeper into the films that I've mentioned previously, as well as just these powerhouses um, in general, these beautiful, powerful women who are just directing and just killing the game. So y'all know I have to start off with my girl, with my queen girl, excuse me, my queen, <laughs> Ava DuVernay. <laughs> Ava DuVernay. So I want to talk about Ava's most recent project because I feel like this has gained her a lot of respect as a director um, before we even get into the, the roster of like her previous work. Um, when They See Us um, is her most recent work that came out in 2019, which is actually a drama web television series, a uh, miniseries that she created. Um, and I just know, I, I believe it took, it, it took a while. It took a while to compile and research and just make this into a great project overall. But um, yeah, it came out last year and it premiered on Netflix as well as OWN, Oprah Winfrey's network. Um, and it premiered in four parts. Um, you guys can watch it on Netflix. I believe it's still up. Um, and it's it's in four parts. Um, I would definitely emotionally prepare yourself to watch this because it is based on the events of the 1989 Central Park jogger case um, that explores the lives and families of the five male suspects who were falsely accused, then prosecuted on charges related to the rape and assault of a woman in Central Park, New York City. Um, this cast is literally so amazing. They cast this beautifully. Um, they, If you haven't seen it by now, I highly suggest watching it because this story, I didn't even know about this story until this miniseries came out. Um, and so I'm hoping that you all have seen it by now, but if not, please go check it out. Um, the ensemble cast includes Gerald Jerome, um, Asante Black, um, Jovan Adepo, Michael Williams, Logan Marshall Green, Joshua Jackson, Blair Underwood, Vera Farmiga. Um, it goes on and on. Nisi Nash is up in there. Um, I just commend the the acting and the portrayal of the depth that this story um, has of like, you know, we're talking about wrongfully accused Black men, which is like nothing new. Um, and we know Ava is a as a socially and culturally relevant director. So for her to execute this project, I don't see who else could have done this. This is amazing. Um, the, the performances in the casting were what it received acclaim for. Um, and it received 11, 11 nominations, guys, um, at the um, Primetime Emmys. And um, Jerome um, won Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series or Movie, which is just amazing because he he deserves all of that. Um, and it was nominated for an Outstanding Limited Series and several of the ensemble cast members um, received um, acting nominations. Lady Bird was um, distributed in 2017 and it is based in Sacramento, California, up here, up north. And so... I just want to reiterate the plot for y'all. Marion, um, Marion, a nurse who works tirelessly to keep her family afloat after her husband loses his job. She also maintains a turbulent bond with a teenage daughter who is just like her, loving, strong-willed, and deeply opinionated. And that was released February 15th of 2018 in Brazil. Um, and um, Greta Gerwig is 
the writer and also the director of this movie, um, we see that um, she is just a powerhouse. Like the films that she has um, directed are, are also, you know, relevant as well. And just a lot of people enjoy the aesthetic of the um, content that she produces. Just the fact that she is also 36, like she is still in her prime. Like she is not, she's just getting started. Like, yeah. and it's nice to, need to get rid have, of the whole, like, Oh, I have to do this by like 26 or like 28. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just getting started. And it's yeah. like, you still have at least like a good, what a couple more decades of like career yeah. at least mm-hmm. to like, just really go in. And so, you know, she's, you know, 36 directing Meryl Streep and Little Women and just like, you know, working with Saoirse, uh, Saoirse uh, Ronan in Lady Bird. And so um, I just I just admire her so much because she also, in addition to being um, a filmmaker, she is also an actress and she's also acted in a lot of films. And that's, you know, that's totally me of like, you know, I want to act and, you know, do some, you know, deliver these stories, but I also want to be behind the camera and just like, you know, execute this vision of the story that also needs to be told. And so, yeah, um, she is definitely a powerhouse. Love, love, love Melina Matsukas. Um, She is amazing. Um, Director. Yeah. I mean, cinema as of recently with Queen and Slim, but also she's mostly known for directing her music videos um, and, you know, commercials and things of that sort. This girl is amazing. Mm. Once again, 39. She is 39. Yeah. Like, I I am convinced that 30s are the prime at this point because, listen, oh, I just, I need to tap. Because your 20s, you're still trying to figure it out. I'm not saying that you won't have to Honestly, do that in your 20s. I just think that it's not, I wouldn't call it the prime. I feel like. I don't think, yeah, 20s is the foundation. I feel like 30s is your prime. I mean, 40s is probably your prime, but like 30s is like you're really getting into it. And so I just can't wait. But, um, but this is the foundation building. You know, they had to start mm-hmm. from somewhere. So, yeah, um, Melina's amazing. Um, I did review Queen and Slim in the past. If you guys are familiar, if not, um, Queen and Slim um, was released um, last year in 2019 um, uh, in November, actually. And so it goes like this. Um, Queen and Slim's first date takes an unexpected turn when a policeman pulls them over for a minor traffic violation. When the situation, when the situation escalates, Slim takes the officer's gun and shoots him in self-defense. Now labeled cop killers in the media, Slim and Queen feel that they have no choice but to go on the run and evade the law. When a video of the incident goes viral, the unwitting outlaws soon become a symbol of trauma, terror, grief, and pain for people all across the country. This film is very heavy, um, mirroring, you know, just that that um, Bonnie and Clyde um, element. Um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like I enjoyed the aesthetic of the film. Like I had mentioned previously, there's a lot of things where I was like, oh, this is too much for me. But I think that they did a great job of telling this story. Um, Melina um, is actually known for... Um, her directing a lot of Beyonce's music videos. Um, She was one of the directors on the B-Day anthology video album that was in 2007. So all of our favorite videos from back then, um, she had a hand in it. 
Um, Melina was also also um, asked by Beyonce to direct the formation um, music video. So Melina is very, very much, you know, she's just with the culture. She's telling a lot of black people's stories and making black art. And I just love it. I want to meet her so bad. Um, um, but she, yeah, she is just awesome. Yeah. One thing I did want to say is I know she directed Queen and Slim. I think that um, and it's like her first time out, like a directing a full fledged film. <laughs> yeah. So good because first of all, she worked with none other than the best, Beyonce, and Beyonce's music videos already look like movies. Exactly. So she already had that leg up because, you know, the way that she the the eye that she has for, you know, telling those stories through music videos is just so raw. And of course, you know, when you're working with a visionary like Beyonce, it's gonna be that regardless, um, because that's how she that's her brand, that's how she likes things. But just that, and also, like, she also um, directed um, some of Rihanna's music videos, too. I believe she directed, um, uh, what was that music video? Um, we Need Love. Um, we she found directed love. That. We Found Love. We yeah. Found Love. Directed mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and, you know, the buzz when they see, oh, you're, you're directing Beyonce? Um, we need that. So just, like, also, you know, another female director, music video director who... Um, it got some buzz for her nice for what music video, Karina Evans, um, who was also an actress, just throwing throwing her in there because we just have so many that need more recognition and just you need to know their names. And she's only 24. Like, ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, this is, my, this is nearly my age. And she also acts like, you guys, you can do multiple things. You can do it both. Um, so I'm just like, I just want to meet all of you and give you a big hug and just please give me some of that, that magic juice. But um, she, um, she, yeah, she is just, she has a long roster of like creative endeavors in terms of like just videos and, you know, developing her ideas of just like, you know, her creative process. I'm reading The New Yorker talking about like how she, you know, develops her ideas through, um, you know, flipping through magazines and art books and just looking for images. And so, she says like I treat each video like a thesis project which is just like so great just like you know stacking up books getting inspiration Mm -hmm. you know looking at pictures and then visualizing it and transforming it into video Um, and so and you know you're working with a very very you know high-end artist and like things are in demand and you have to work and execute a beautiful project like that under pressure a lot of it is like you know, there's like a time thing. I think formation was shot in two days. Like just having like women are, oh my gosh, we're just bosses. Like it's just so amazing. If you really like read the behind the scenes of like what it takes um, and just, you know, her directing Queen and Slim, her first feature, which was a hit. And also like being able to have that diversity of also like directing music videos. Like we do multiple things. We do it all. And I just love that, you know, she was able to work with not only Beyonce, but Rihanna as well. And just, oh my gosh, like a plethora of others. Is plethora even, like, am I even doing this woman justice? Like a plethora, a plethora. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, she's just amazing. Um, Like, you guys can just look at her roster. A lot of other artists that we know as well, like Carrie Hilson and a lot of, a lot of people from back in the day. Um, Katy Perry, um, she directed um, Sierra's 
uh, music video with Missy Elliott as well. Like, just just look, y'all. Like, it's just amazing. Um, so yes, please keep an eye out for her. She also like I'm forgetting stuff. Like, she also directed you know a few episodes of Insecure as well. Like, she's just in the Black Girl Magic bag for real. Like, she is amazing. So please, please keep an eye out for her. Um, Melina's great. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of her work. Let's get into our next segment. Personal Everest. Now, when one makes a big summit up a mountain, say Mount Everest, for example, there's a set of skills and tools set that one must master with a great team around them to get the job done. So the personal Everest for a female director would be, aside from getting the movie made, of course, that goes without saying, (laughs) is I think it's, really having that belief in yourself that you can accomplish um, something Mm -hmm. and doing it well, um, being a woman, because I feel like people always second guess women or don't think we have what it takes or don't have the guts to get something done. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it should be a celebrated, normalized uh, feat that women make films instead of being some type of rare nuanced clubhouse of so-and-so did something successful, despite them being a woman, people like to say, and she's a woman. You know, like it's something that's so grandiose. I feel like that language has got to change because that is where uh, the problem lies to begin with. What do you think, Taj? Yeah, I think we definitely have to. I think it's hard because we're trying to celebrate our strides, but it also continues to marginalize us because we're creating, you know, this like not creating a barrier. The barrier has been there. Right. Um, But like we're trying to merge and like celebrate and like, just, you know, show that we have something to show for ourselves. And in the same turn, people are like, okay, well, yes, like (laughs) best, you know, female this or this, like, I understand, I guess with awards or certain things, but I mean, why even put the gender, like just best period. Like, you know, I think if we move towards that, then we can move away from like the gender disparities. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have to change the language around it if that's what we, want to see but I do love you know hearing like oh it was a woman who did this but not in the sense of like oh she did this and also oh yeah did you know that she was a woman like it depends on how you how you phrase it so I think you know we definitely have to you know adhere to that of like you know how how we talk about women and how we celebrate them and like you know oh my gosh, like I was the first woman to do this. Yes, but don't only be proud of me because I'm a woman that did it. Be proud of me because it was me. So true. Yeah, that's some great stuff. Well, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode celebrating female directors for Women's History Month. Please tune in next week. We are continuing our celebration of Women's History Month because we will be discussing movies that deal with the subject of abuse. So- Filth, it'll be a little bit heavier, but it's definitely scary. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. Please feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop. Follow us on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn or follow us individually. Please follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. And your girl at Tajiana underscore on Twitter or Instagram. Yes. All one word, all lowercase. Let us know what you want to talk about yes dm us any topics that you would want us to um converse about um and also if you're interested in being a special guest please tap in with us hit up our dms and yeah we'll talk to y'all soon yes we'll do see y'all next week bye